This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Dr. Wendy Ng from Sarasota, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for January 17th, episode 2851, brought to you today by Eagle Equine Products. Good morning, horse people. It's Monday. Monday is my favorite time of year. This is Horses in the Morning with your lovable hosts, Jamie Jennings. I am the queen. You listen to me. I'm sorry that people are so jealous of me, but I can't help it that I'm popular. Glenn the Geek. You look especially radiant today, your grace. I'm going to do a terrific show today because I'm good enough and doggone it, people like me. Happy Monday. Dr. Wendy, thank you for joining us. I know Glenn is happy to have you filling in for him, and uh, so am I. Now, I did see that there was some weather in your area yesterday. Are you okay? Oh, yeah. We're fine here in Sarasota, uh, but we did have some tornadoes south of us, and uh, we had tons of rain, And but today it's back to sunny and just a little bit windy. Now, I heard you walking across the room to go close your door a second ago, and I heard flip-flops. And I want you to know that pretty much the rest of the country hates you right now for wearing flip-flops. I know. Well, I am famous for wearing flip-flops all the time. Uh, but that's one of the reasons why I love to live in Florida, because my feet aren't cold when I'm in my flip-flops. <laughs> do you Now, here's the, here's the question. Do you wear flip-flops around horses? I do. Yeah. <laughs> You're that guy. <laughs> I'm that guy. Oh. I also ride my horses bareback with no helmet and sometimes oh. barefoot. I leave do my flip-flops at the barn and then ride. Do as she says, not as she does. <laughs> okay. Everybody listening, but I appreciate your honesty. Well, Hey, on the show today, we are going to talk to one of our listeners, Rachel Rosenthal. It's our beyond the ribbons highlight writer. And then we're going to hopefully, if we can get connected with her, have Deanne from horse nation be a part of it. And as usually I have equestrian first of all problems, but to be completely honest, I didn't know if we were going to have a show today, and my life has been a little bit hectic in the past uh, couple days, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, so instead of that, I came up with the horses in history, and Glenn loves to do the horses in history segment, and I usually oh, yeah. make fun of him. So I have one in honor of Glenn. Oh, and great. It, it, uh, it covers our favorite topic, poop. <laughs> so we're going to talk about horses and history and poop here coming up in a second. But first, let's get to our daily winnings. Well, one of our listeners, Kristen McFarlane, has a birthday today. So happy birthday, Kristen. Happy birthday. And Kristen is uh, is family to me at this point because she bought baby Zara. 
Oh, so, baby Zara, cute. who is now five years old, and I don't know what happened to That's the world. Hard to believe. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, that 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 was like when I saw the Facebook memory come up of her birth a week ago. I was like, what? What? How is she five years old? What happened? Doesn't it make you like when you see them doing so well with our new people? Doesn't it make you kind of tear up a little bit? Oh, my God. I'm so thrilled for both of them because it was just the perfect match. Also, I would like to welcome new auditors, Delia Allen, Brenna Starch and Debbie Love. So you guys, thank you for being new auditors. We appreciate you being We're welcome to the family. Yes, welcome to our HRN family. Okay, my daily Winnie is for my Dr. Kyle, who's so fabulous. And it also kind of is like an equestrian first world problem and daily Winnie rolled into one. (laughs) Because (laughs) my birthday and, and Christmas are very close together. So I always feel like, I always tell people I don't need any birthday presents, you know, like just make it just one present. And this year, especially, I didn't feel like I needed anything. But Dr. Kyle got me all these things that I didn't even know I needed, like, um, you know, those string lights that you see at those cool, like, Mike uh, gastro pubs that are like outside. Yeah. He put those in my barn, in my horse barn. Oh, I mean, they look totally fabulous. And I had no lights in that barn before, but I didn't think I needed them. Well, that's a very cost effective way of putting lights in your barn. I know. And it looks so good. Oh, and then awesome. I have this garage where I keep my hay in the carriages and it has like, like roll up garage doors. And he put automatic garage doors in there. And then got an app for my phone so I can see if I forgot to close the garage door or not. Oh my God. That's a good I know. idea. I know. I, did you, you would never <laughs> think you needed that. It's like, don't you hate when you get back into the house and you're like, oops, did I leave the barn door, the garage door open, my hay barn open. And you can just look on your app and not even go outside and look. I need that for my chicken coop because I I'll have the panic mode at 3 a.m. Like I'll hear coyotes outside and I'll go, I'll wake up. <gasps> oh my God. I know. Can well, I then you the could chicken. just look on your app on your phone. Mm-hmm. Yes, I could. That's a great idea. What a cool, what a cool gift. Way to go, Dr. Kyle. Now I also hear that you got some new babies. I do. I have baby ducks. They're Ancona ducks, which are pintos and they're totally adorable. Oh my gosh, that's cute. Well, I've made my order for baby chicks and baby ducks. So in February sometime, mine will be coming, but oh, that that's is exciting. so cute. Yeah, I'm getting ducks and chickens in one box. Oh so. my God. What kind of ducks and chickens are you getting? So the chickens, I'm going to get some, uh, like a, they're doing like a, they have like a brown egg layers. You get 15 and they just mm-hmm. give them to you. So that's, oh, that's cool. Great. And then I'm going to get some Seabrights because I have one Seabright and I feel like she needs a friend. Uh, oh, so we're going to get it. I know. She's so cute. Her name is Shazam. And uh, <laughs> we're going to get another one of those. And I really want some silkies because they're silkies. Oh, uh, so I just, cute. I went through the catalog and I was like, I want that. I want that. Yeah. I want that. And then we're going to get some Cayuga ducks, which I'm pretty excited about. Oh, so pretty. I love the ducks that. You know, they don't eat your fish. They eat your mosquito larva and they eat bugs. And we had, yeah. because we have Muscovy ducks, we had no mosquitoes here this summer. And I just yeah. want to keep that, keep that going. So well, hopefully they'll all get along. Oh, that sounds so fun. 
Ed is a very powerful female lead duck here. And so we'll see if Ed can make friends with <laughs> yeah. ducks. Ducks are bossy. I know they're great. I love them though. I love my ducks. So congratulations. Hey, if, if you're getting silkies, have you seen the movie chicken people? Yes. Oh my God. I just started watching that. I will not be bathing and blow drying. You're going to be that. You're going to be that girl. <laughs> oh my God. If you guys haven't seen chicken people, it is like, um, it's a, it's a documentary it's so good. about people that show chickens almost like best in show, but it's real. Yeah. <laughs> and it's hilarious. So definitely check that out. Lucas and I just watched it the other day. We're like, what is I happening? I yeah. want to go show chickens now. It's so much easier. They just load them up in the car and take them. I mean, compared to horse <laughs> showing. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Hey, before we get to our first guest, what is new in the world of what you do, which is veterinary medicine, holistic healing, all of those things? Is that mad? Well, um, I do have some uh, a little fun case that um, is kind of a... a I worked on it with another veterinarian that did just traditional medicine. And so it was like a, a, a complimentary case, but this horse, uh, retired thoroughbred and kind of a rescue came to this person as a like eight year old. Um, and she just had a lot of little problems that were leading to, you know, like ain't doing right kind of thing. Uh huh. Um, so that's like something that we all deal with, right? Little aches and pains here and there. Can't get her left lead can or stiff neck, blah, blah, blah. And so they ended up um, treating her for kissing spine. But one of the inter- interesting things about kissing spine that we know of, uh, and we've known this for many years, is that if you if you don't change your riding style, no matter what treatment you give them, whether it's like, conventional treatment or like my acupuncture Cairo treatment, they don't show as, uh, as good results. Like they won't get better. And that's because they need to go long and low Mm -hmm. to, and what that's doing is like, you know, we all say that, Oh, long and low, long and low. And you think you're relaxing the muscles, but what you're really doing is you're building their muscles. There's what we call your core muscles, your muscles of stability Mm-hmm. So that's like when you do yoga or Pilates, like you don't look like you're doing much, but it's hard work. Right. right. And that's because those there's these tiny little muscles that go in between your vertebrae. And if those muscles aren't functioning properly because, um, you know, your fascia is out of whack or if they're just not strong enough because you let your big muscles do all the work then uh, if you don't have those little muscles of stability, then you're going to always show this kind of lameness. The rest of your body is going to break down. So one of the interesting things about kissing spine is that you can do all the treatment, right? We don't have a pill for it, but you can do all the treatment. But then there is also some rehab work. Yes. And, and, I, and this woman that, that I'm working with right now is so great about her rehab work. And the trainer also is great about the rehab work, which there's so many dynamics in that. If one person is not good about the rehab work, it doesn't, doesn't work. You know, Mm -hmm. like if the trainer's just going to crank them up, even if the owner is riding long and low, you know, you're still going to hurt those muscles. So it's a really fun case that I'm that for that, but it, it really, that encompasses a lot of other 
cases like that. Now, when you said there's that you did all the treatments for it, what are some of the treatments that you guys have now for kissing spine? Because I've had well, dealt with it a lot. Yeah, I would I would assume that you would deal with it a, a lot because a lot of the horses that get kind of fail out on some job and they've done everything, inject the joints, blah, 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 and they they need some rehabbing, it's because their back hurts, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So we can inject their we can first of all, we diagnose it and it can be diagnosed with x-rays. And also there has been some uh research that you can diagnose it with thermography. So there's a great research article uh, by Tracy Turner, who's a, a really great lameness vet, and he did a whole series uh, on kissing spine, if you wanted to look that up. But, um, you know, we inject the joints that we find in the back that we see is the problem. You can inject those with steroids, and you can inject them with, uh, you know, like an Adequan Legend kind of thing. Joint and then, fluid, in, yeah. Yeah. Um, and interestingly, uh, a lot of times we think of kissing spine at the withers, right? Mm-hmm. But in the old days when we used to uh, diagnose kissing spine, the withers were kind of the only thing you could you could x-ray in the field. As it's gotten more, as we our diagnostics have gotten better um, and more research has been done, the middle of the back is really the number one place you have kissing spine. Right. So right under the saddle, right? Um so, uh, like I said, you can inject and then, uh, traditional Chinese medicine wise, we do acupuncture and Cairo, which can be really helpful. But I think, uh, the, the combined treatment works the best. You know, yeah. I think when you get to the point that is diagnosed, I think you do need some injections and I think so, you're going to get better faster. Will you see success in, in resolving kissing spine, or is it just something that you're going to have to manage for the rest of the horse's life? Well, you have to manage it, but I think you can see a lot of success, and it depends on uh, the stage that you're at. Like, for example, the case I'm talking about, this eight-year-old mare, I don't, I, I, I think her damage probably came from after her racing career, because racing, we don't really jam them up in a frame, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so you don't see a lot of kissing spine in racehorses and baby racehorses. Um, but what happens is that maybe the baby racehorses, they build up all their, their muscles of motion really uh, strongly. And then they go for their next career and they don't really have those muscles of stability like I'm talking about. And right. that's kind of what causes that damage. So I think if you catch them as young horses, and I actually sometimes I, I have this book that explains this all that I give to some of my clients. And like sometimes I read it, sometimes I don't. But especially young horses. Um, if And dressage people are very good about doing this. That's what the dressage exercises are. The the dressage exercises you're doing are building your muscles of stability. Mm -hmm. Okay. But, you know, I have some people that don't want to do that. And I try to convince them to do it, but they're not going to do it. And then it's sad when it catches up to them later. Right. But but the, the, the kissing spine that I've dealt with was one horse that I had after four months, I still couldn't like get him to go, you know, ain't doing right kind of thing. Yeah. And he had 
ones that that the veterinarian at the hospital was like, this has been here for a very long time. Like he was probably born with it and I don't see anything that is going to be successful. You know, whatever. The next horse after six months and we did 30 days of long and low, we did all the rehab we could do after 30 days, we re-x-rayed him. And he was like, yeah, these are actually, there's two spots where the spine was actually growing together and he would trip and almost went down with me a couple of times before yeah. we diagnosed it. Now I have Zeus who in the ain't doing right category and he had two places and they were like, oh, they're kind of barely. So they injected him, and now he's back to work. So I know that I've seen kind of both sides of, of the kissing spine conversation through horses just here at my farm. Yeah. And it just makes me wonder with so many thoroughbreds having it, it, how, how, like all the horses that came from this one place that I had have it. And it makes me wonder if there's a genetic component to it. Well, uh, I think there's definitely a genetic component, but also you have to think about, um, I really feel like kissing spine is a disease of your fascia, right? And so like your fascia is like all your connective tissue, all these, like the, the connective tissue covering your muscles. So it's a posture thing. So racehorses run the same way all the time and they don't really worry about their posture and they don't worry if they're even. So you're, you're, you can be kind of uneven and out of whack. And, and that when you're, when you're like that, that causes abnormal wear and tear on your joints. So like, for example, a non-race Example of that is I have an alien left hand, okay? <laughs> I have no control of my left hand, and it's also very tight. It's like has its own thing. When I'm riding, it's like a stiff board. I know this. I can't do anything about it. And all my horses, like, reflect my alien left hand. So they all have the same kind of issue. So Cairo and acupuncture is very helpful for them because they're a little bit stiff because their mother has an alien left hand, both riding and driving. Interesting. So if I, if I, they, especially horses that are very strong and talented, they can put up with a lot of, of unevenness and still be good and you won't notice it. But like inside they're thinking, oh my God, my neck hurts. That woman, would she just let go of her hand? So, you know, like it's those little, we call it activities of daily living. Or like if you, um, carry like your little kid, just send your, Lucas off to school. If he always carries his backpack on his right shoulder, chiropractors always see that. They can tell which shoulder your baby carries their backpack on. Wow. Interesting. Well, this, the the kissing spine thing has kind of popped up in my life a lot. So I'm really glad we got to talk about it a little bit. If anybody has any questions or wants to read that article, you can find Wendy with your email. Wendy at drwendyying.com. And you know what? I'll also put some uh, links in the auditor page because there's some really interesting work about kissing spine. Um, and it's too much for us to recap on the show, but you can read it on your own. And there's some really great books that I have that can uh, help you work on it yourself. Fantastic. Thank you. Well, hey, let's go ahead and we're going to get our first guest on the show. But first, let's talk about our title sponsor. And I just love this stuff. MagnaGuard helps prevent ulcers and other gastric issues, giving your horse a happy tummy that 
he or she deserves. MagnaGuard helps calm horses in two ways. First, the magnesium, and it is a natural calmer, and then it keeps the gut feeling great, which allows horses to relax. It contains important trace minerals. It's all natural, can be fed continually without negative side effects. Customers report healthier, shinier coats, less colic, healthier hooves, and overall healthier horses. There's a discount code, HRN, gets you 15% off your first order at eagleequine.com. That's one-time use, so make it count. All of their products come with a money-back guarantee, so if you're not satisfied, you can contact Eagle Equine Products for a full refund. We decided to start doing a Beyond the Ribbons segment, and that is to highlight a rider who may or may not have a challenging situation or is going into the show world. And we were contacted by Rachel Rosenthal, one of our auditors, and Rachel is has a great story to tell. Rachel, thank you for joining us. Hi, glad to, glad to be here. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself and your 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 recent journey. So, um, about I guess about ten years ago now, I had this goal, and I bred my mare to a really nice quarter horse stallion. Got you know the the baby of my dreams. Did lots of things with her. Showed everything from hunter over fences to. Western dressage, Western classes, ranch. We did all the things, had some great plans. And then she got sick mm. and uh, I ended up losing her last November to a pretty serious inflammatory bowel disease that had turned into lymphoma, which, you know, completely rocked my world. So pretty soon I was on the search for a new partner because, you know, horses are kind of addictive. <laughs> and I am starting back at the very beginning with a little, I found a little paint filly. She's about nine months old. And um, we're going to be doing the whole halter, in-hand trail, maybe lunge line later on in the year. We'll see how it goes. But Yep, starting back at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. What a what a great first of all, I'm so sorry about your loss. Oh my gosh, that is like just as unbelievably heartbreaking. But how cool to kind of start over and, and skip the breeding and the pregnancy and get right back to it <laughs> with a, a filly. And uh what an amazing what an amazing situation to to take a horse and educate it that young and get it out to see all the things. I mean, this is, this is, you're setting yourself up for such a great success in the future. It, it is. And I mean, I have kind of specific ways. I like my horses to be trained or to be ridden or how I ride them. And it's just nice to be able to, you know, get that going from the, from the beginning when you know, They've been handled well their whole lives. You know what has gone into it, what has happened to them. And you can get them out to shows when they're 700 pounds versus 1,200. <laughs> you know, it's nice to get them out and seeing all the things. Absolutely. I think it's also a, like uh, that's such a important point of time that um, when you're going to see how their personality is and yeah. their attitude towards life. And I think horses that 
are kind of just turned out into the field until they're older. They, it's like, it's like sending, it's like teenagers running wild, you know, like they need (laughs) some structure as baby horses that it's so nice when you can do that yourself. And when you're focusing on just one horse, you know, you have the time to really do it. Yeah, no, she'll get the full attention for sure. I think she already has. She has lots of people already loving on her and I bet. doing all the things. So, so she's when a did lucky you, little girl. When did you pick her up? I didn't. This is <laughs> this is actually a great story. Um, I'd kind of looked at a couple other babies. None of them really worked out. And this one, it was just like everything happened so quickly and so easily. I mean, you don't want to say something's meant to be, but everything just fell into place so well. And then I had said she came from northern Idaho. And I had said, you know, shipping's going to be really expensive. I'm not sure about this. And the breeder was like, well, I'm coming down to a horse show in Vegas in two weeks. I can bring her for to you. And I was like, and sold. Because <laughs> oh, you're in Vegas. I mean, that's where you live. So yeah. that is absolutely perfect. So she came down. And when, when did she get there? Uh, 930 at night. Um, <laughs> when, like what, like a month ago oh, or like sorry, a week ago? I'm sorry, okay. I'm sorry. Um, she came down Thursday night. So what is oh, today? Wow. Monday. So a couple days ago. Oh, oh wow. Gosh. Got her. I was thinking like you've had her for a couple months. So this is like a brand new thing. This is so exciting. Oh yeah, no, yeah. she's brand new. And she's so funny because, you know, she, she walks off of the trailer and, you know, she's this baby. She lives in a field. I mean, he did a lot of things with her, but still, mm-hmm. she's a baby. And she walks off the trailer, and, you know, I'm at kind of a fairgrounds co-op situation, which has all the things going on. And she gets out, and she kind of looks around and goes, huh. Looks at the donkey next door and goes, so he's weird looking. And then walks <laughs> in the stall and goes, so let's talk about dinner. It's their dinner. Aww, I was I like, okay, her. you'll fit right in. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. So do you have anything scheduled for her? I mean, gosh, it's so new. I, I'm assuming it's going to take a while, but I know we're supposed to follow along with your journey. So when does your journey begin? I mean, aside from the we, acquisition. <laughs> well, we have um, we have a very active local open show series here. They put on about a show a month for six months out of the year. And the first show is April or April, February the 19th. So I'm kind of hoping to have enough of a, a little bit of a handle on her to be able to just go down, hang out, do a halter class, maybe an in-hand trail if the pattern doesn't look, you know, too difficult. And just give her a good, just a good experience. Take her a friend, you know, something like that. So you know great. you live in Vegas when shows are mid-February. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we're so excited to follow along with your journey. Thank you so much for being a part of Horses in the Morning, and, and I'm looking forward to it. What's her name again? Uh, Poppy, like Poppy. the flower. She's a little Poppy pony. Does she have yeah. a show name, or is her actual full name Poppy? Um, We're still kind of working on that. Uh, she has a registered name, which is very cute. Um, but all of my horses have always had a musical theme my whole life. I'm a big old nerd. 
And her <laughs> daddy is named Full Metal Jacket, like M-E-D-A-L. Mm-hmm. And then her mama's name is QL Mo Paint, because she's a paint. So I was thinking it might be really cute to name her Play Mo Medallica. So, oh, that's cute. I like it. Medallica. So we'll, we'll see, because her, her current name is kind of cute, too. But we'll, we'll see. What's her current name? Uh, Gun Metal and Glitter. Ooh, See, I like God, that. That's so quarter horse paint. Gunmetal and glitter. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do with that yet. I mean, the the glitter with the Vegas thing. I know it's, it's totally Vegas. Is there? There's got to be a band named Gunmetal. I'm going to name my ducks. I'm going to name the boy, the head boy, Gunmetal, and the head girl, Glitter. Oh, there you I love go. It. There you go. Especially if she's kind of sparkly. All right. So I Googled bands with the gun in their name. And the one that popped up, which just totally makes sense, is Velvet Revolver. That's pretty good. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, whatever. Uh, that's cool. Well, we are super excited. Next time we talk to you, we want to hear about the preparations that you've been going through and then also uh, what you ended up naming her. It'll be very exciting. I can't wait. <laughs> awesome. That'll be fun. Thank you very much. Thanks, Rachel. It's time for our Horse Nation segment of the week with Deanne from Horse Nation. Now, Deanne, you're not coming to us through your computer because you are currently waiting on the veterinarian, correct? I am that lovely part of horse ownership. What's going on? I have Dr. Wendy Ying with me here. She can diagnose anything <laughs> over the phone. <laughs> so <right. laughs> so it's on? not my horse. It's a, it's a borders horse. Um, we have, you know, with the weather and things like that, there's kind of a dry cough going through my barn with a low grade fever. That's not uncommon with the other horses. I'm not totally panicked about it. We've got an eye on it, got an eye on everyone's temp, but this horse in particular is, um, not stoic would probably be the best way to put it. (laughs) (laughs) So she tends to be more sensitive than everyone else. So, she um, was showing some of the same symptoms, like whatever, and her owner is very meticulous. It's a fabulous horse owner, really loves this horse, um, and had our vet out on an emergency call last week. Um, and the vet, you know, did your standard, like, CBC, chem profile, all the SAA, you know, all the things. Um, and she had a small infection, which, like, wasn't a huge surprise, but was really what was really weird is that her liver enzymes were elevated and her glucose was really low. Um, and when this horse doesn't feel well, she immediately goes off feed kind of no matter what, like, whereas if my horse goes off feed, I'm like, the sky is falling. Like, um, you know, everyone's down the alarms, but it's not totally uncommon for this horse. Um, but so we started her on antibiotics, um, and I live in Pennsylvania. So tick-borne diseases are really, really common. Um, before like the CBC and chem profile came back, we kind of were like, you know what, like let's, we suspect anaplasmosis. Like we're seeing it everywhere this year. So let's just, before we'll send those tests out before they come out, we'll just treat her as if that is the case. Um, both those tests came back negative took, and she did not do well on the minocycline went totally anorexic on me. Um, and I think I hear the vet pulling in right now. Um, so since then, oh yeah, she's here. It's been this, um, 
roller coaster of trying to keep this horse eating and keep her well and get her um, infection to go away. We even hauled to like Ohio State um, to see their internist. And um, basically, it's a big question mark. So she was doing better. Can Can I give you a little Chinese medicine advice before you go? Absolutely. Uh, antibiotics are really cold. You know, we think of temperature wise, right? So yeah. antibiotics are really cold and it sounds like she's kind of sensitive. So it's sensitive to those issues. And also antibiotics kind of kills off the gut microbiome. So you can try to give her warming foods like in Chinese medicine wise, warming foods are like things like you would eat in the fall, like warm, like pumpkin pie spices or like, uh, like sweet potato is really good. So you could do like okay. a raw. So I am, I am going to have to run because yeah. the vet's walking in the door right now. Yeah. I will say an added piece of all this before this happened is that the horse is a chronic coliker. So her diet is very dialed in. Oh, <laughs> so girl. we are very hesitant to add anything else. So it's okay. a fun, fun game, but I'm sorry. So I think if Jamie, like if you can share, um, those suggestions on the show notes because I totally have to book and I'm sorry to do this to you guys. Go, go, go. We all understand the the emergency call on the vet. I've had to dip out of the show before too. So take off and uh, we're thinking the best thoughts and uh, yeah, I'll get some suggestions from Wendy and we'll put them in the show notes. Okay, great. Thanks so much. Okay. Good luck. Bye. Thank you. Bye. God, we've all been through that. Know, just like, oh my God, I gotta go, I gotta go. The vet's coming, that's coming right now. And then there's like a mysterious issue with a horse. It sounds like they're doing everything they can. So yeah, actually, I don't know how to put things in the show notes. Do you? Me? No, yeah. I don't know. Okay. How to do it. Well, then just email me and I'll just email her. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know how to do any of that. I don't know. Glenn does all that stuff. So, well, hey, but before we, since I get, like I said, we didn't get to <clears throat> equestrian first world problems because I spent the week, well, Thursday, I got on a plane, Wendy, that was piloted by my husband. Oh, nice. He, yeah. He had a 36 hour layover in Santa Barbara, California. Oh my God. Right. That is so super fun. I love Santa Barbara. Yeah. So, well, Monty uh, and his family, Monty and Debbie and Pat, they all live in, in Buellton, which is about 40 minutes north of the airport. So oh my God. we went, stayed in the, the hotel that's provided for pilots. And then on Friday morning, we got in a car and we drove north, uh, rented a car for the day uh, for about $900 car rentals. Insane right now. Oh my gosh. That much. But, uh, so we got in a car, we drove up to Monty's and I did a sit down with him, which was interesting because I don't do things on camera, Wendy, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm in my pajamas right now, you know, like I'm a mess. I had to do an on, I did a horses in the morning, kind of like a equestrian legends just to pick his brain, not, not about horse training stuff, like more of like personal Right stuff, yeah. which you don't really know a whole lot about this because yeah. it's it's not you know, but he just has training questions. So picked his brain. It was a really interesting interview, and it went almost two hours. Oh, I bet it was and fun. The, yeah, it was really awesome. But there was cameras associated with it, and so like I have a camera that's off to my like three o'clock, and a camera that's at my five o'clock and or seven o'clock, and the camera is like if you I can't lean forward at all because I'll block 
yeah. him. And then I can't, so I couldn't move because there's two cameras on me. And I'm telling you what, it would suck to be an actor. I mean, I couldn't handle it. I had to have Debbie hold mm-hmm. a sign up that if I moved, she would have a sign. I said, make a sign that says you're on camera. I know. So I sit up straight, you know. One time Glenn and I had to do this thing from Live Oak. Remember we did the yeah, yeah, Live yeah. Oak thing. So we did our show that wasn't on camera, but then Live Oak did something like we had to do these <laughs> this video thing and we were we had to do like five takes because we were so bad <laughs> and we were super awkward with our hands <laughs> like ricky bobby they're like going up next to you oh while we're doing my hands yeah so that's kind of how it was so i had to sit very still and it ended up we talked for two hours and it was awesome. so interesting and i even did the second half is so far the feedback that i've got about the first half so we aired one half last friday and then next friday the second half is going to come out and i even right. asked him all those questions from inside the actor's studio Oh, yeah. It is so, so awesome and so interesting. So definitely, if if you haven't heard part one yet, it was last Friday, and it's just me sitting down talking to Monty about, like, personal stuff, and the next Friday is going to be the wrap of that. But because of that, I thought it was going to air this Monday. Uh, because nobody told me any different and Mm -hmm. uh, that's not true. So I did not submit for equestrian first world problems. So we don't have those today. So what I do have is a horses in history segment. And at this point we would have some sort of like horses in history. (laughs) We don't have one of those, but it would sound really cool if we did. And I'm going to tell you about a crisis. Okay. I'm ready. Crisis in 1900. There were over 11,000 handsome cabs on the streets of London alone. Remember Black Beauty? There was like thousands Mm -hmm. of horse-drawn buses. Each one of those needed 12 horses today, making a total in London of over 50,000 horses transporting people around the city each day. To add to this, there were horse-drawn carts and drays. I don't know what that is, but I'm sure you do. That's a truck. That's like a a wagon that moves... uh, cargo that's awesome see i do you know what it is but they delivered (laughs) what was around at that point the largest city in the world and as you can imagine this huge number of horses created some major problems okay (laughs) Uh, remember a horse will produce between 15 and 35 pounds of manure each day and we've got you know 50,000 horses in the city streets and they have those cobblestone streets and uh, oh my gosh. So the manure on London streets also attracted a huge number of flies. Oh my God. So imagine you walk out and it's like it's like going into a barn that's never had its stalls cleaned. Because who's there was nobody to go out there and pick up the, all the poop. So typhoid fever and other diseases were being spread. Yeah. Also, this is shocking to me. Did you know that the life expectancy for a working horse was three years? I'm not surprised. I mean, think about cobblestones. Um, Whoever invented cobblestones was like the devil, right? Because (laughs) you're talking about this manure problem. Even if you had somebody to clean up, could you imagine trying to clean up manure off cobblestones? And then how bad is it for their legs to walk on cobblestones? Would you ever ride your horse on cobblestones? 
No, I mean, it's terrifying. So it wasn't just a British crisis because New York had a population of 100,000 horses provided, you know, doing about 25 pounds of manure and then all the urine and everything. And the problem came to a head when in 1894, the Times newspaper predicted, quote, in 50 years, every street in London will be buried under nine feet of manure. Oh my God. And this became the, this is an actual thing. Quote, the great horse manure crisis of 1894. (laughs) How come we don't study this stuff in school? I don't know. We should. The first ever international urban planning conference was in New York and no solution could be found. And they said it seemed urban civilization was doomed. Do you know <laughs> how they solved this problem? I have an idea. What's your idea? I think they that's how they came up with cars. You got it. Ding, ding, ding. In 1912, <laughs> the insurmountable problem had been resolved. In cities all around the globe, horses had been replaced with new motorized vehicles. They were the main source of transportation and carriage. Uh, so that is how, you know, the necessity is the mother of invention, I guess, yeah. you know? So, um, <clears throat> apparently I still think that's sad. I think they should have, st- I think, I mean, I, I think city travel would be much better if it was horses. Still. I agree. I agree. But apparently if the life expectancy is three years, well, you know what? Horse, you have to think about that too. Like, you know, some people don't take care of their cars and the horses were like cars and horses are so delicate if you don't take care of them. Right. So I could totally see that. Oh my gosh. I just had no idea that there was a great horse manure crisis of 1894. So in honor of Glenn being gone, I thought I would bring you a little horse history. I've been accused of not liking the horse history segments, Wendy, but usually what happens is Glenn picks out the horse history segment and I just like to give him a hard time. Yeah. Maybe he picks out boring ones, but this one was great. Thank you. Thank you very much. Horses in history is brought to you by me (laughs) Wendy it's been so great having you on the show I really appreciate you being here you're just like super fun the coolest person in the world send me all the things on kissing spine send me all the things on the cooling foods for Deanne and um there is I I there is potential that you might join me at the movement at flag is up and I'm telling you it's going to happen. I'm putting it out there into the world. And so if you guys, the movement 2022, how is it? 2022, the movement 2022, you can go look for that. You can contact Debbie Lauks and uh, we'll, we'll have more information coming at you soon, but it's uh, something that's very exciting and I'm definitely going to be at. So anyway, go listen to the Monty interview from last week. The second half will be this coming Friday. Wendy, you'll find it interesting too, because he just, some of the stories he tells. And I, I love to listen to his voice too. I, I like, he's the kind of guy you don't even care what he's talking about. <laughs> he's, he's great. Let me tell you a story that I didn't, and then, then we'll go. Uh, but a story that I didn't talk about um, it with, with uh, actually, should we do it in the post show? I think maybe. Yeah, let's we do should. it in the post show. Let's do it in the post show. I'll tell you a story in the post show about him that you'll find uh, entertaining because he's always been through more than we have. So uh, right now we'll say goodbye. Everybody have a great day. George can play the music out as we're saying spay, neuter, and gelds. 
Okay. So, Wendy. Yeah. There was this horse, and his name was is Satellite, and he mm-hmm. came to me, and and he came he came off the track, and he went to the rescue, uh, to horse and hound, and while he was at horse and hound, he dramatically dropped weight, oh. like. Like to the point where you're like, oh my God, he's so skinny. So she right. sends him to me and she, they've been feeding him doing all the things that they do for every other horse, but it yeah. did not respond with this horse. So I got him here and I was like, okay, I got him Cairo. I got him acupuncture. I got him all the things. And, uh, we ended up treating him for EPM. We treated him for an infection. We treated him for lots of stuff come to find out like at some point my vet thinks that he was given so many steroids that it took away the fat oh, in his body yeah yeah and so when he had all this muscle and he came off the track because he was in like 45 claiming races yeah okay like that happens like a lot of times we see that six months after they take this huge dive because they've been on so much steroids yeah and and so i posted on my facebook page that hey we've got satellite here and he needs some help and if anybody wants to donate that'd be great and all these people uh, listeners just oh my god their hearts are so huge they just gave me money to help this horse so i was able to get all of these medical treatments and all x-rays of his stifles and all these things because he's quite stiff yeah he's kind of a mess um but he is like Black Beauty and he is like the sweetest, most gentle 17 hand thoroughbred you can oh, even wow. imagine. He's so kind. Anyway, the social media storm begins. I started getting <laughs> harassing phone calls, threatening phone calls. The About rescue what? had harassing phone calls. Basically, I was accused of. Being uh, detrimental to the horse racing industry because I posted a horse that had come off the track that, and I told the story, they raced 48 times, 45 of them were claiming races. I'm like, I told all the truth and people started giving me, oh my God, the calls I got. Like, Who my would phone? be supporting the racehorse industry? I um, mean, those have to be paid trolls. So the other thing, basically what it came down to is so they went and found pictures of satellite right as he got off the track. And then now, and I'm like, y'all, this horse is sick. Like he's not, it's not like, anyway, basically what they accused us of horse and hound and myself was we starved this horse. So we could then post photos on social media to then solicit donations. So we could make some money. That is basically what people said about horse and hound and myself. And you know, you can talk about me, but don't talk about my people, you know? And so well, it was, that's just, the, you know what? It, that just to me seems like that's a complete setup because who would be anti horse rescue and rehabilitation? Yeah. They said that, um, basically how horrible the rescue was to let a horse get this skinny. And then I was like, I'm like, and I'm talking on the phone to a girl and I'm like, this horse is sick. Well, he also a- has EPM like so bad. And they were like, how come they didn't notice? And I'm like, cause he's in a field. Well, I was like, do you do diagnostic work of a horse standing in a field? Like uh, did these people, did these, when you talk to these people on the phone, were they even horse people or not? I bet they oh, were. they own hundreds of off the track thoroughbreds right. that none of them have ever 
never look like this. And I was right. like, well, okay. I go, you're, and 48 races is not that many. I have horses that have run over a hundred times. And I said, that is so great for those horses. I'm glad they can handle it. But 45 yeah. claimers. I mean, come on, come on. These people, the only people that were complaining about that are people whose, whose, whose money is directly tied to the thoroughbred industry, thoroughbred racing. And you know what? If those people don't like you, you're not missing out on anything. Well, I said, I said to my vet, I go, they were saying that I was besmirching the the horse racing industry. And my vet goes, yeah, they don't need any help. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> the, but anyway, like those people are not, that is like the worst, that's like the worst people to say, to throw stones. Yeah, it was, it was terrible. So I, this really upset me and they were, I mean, threatening me and I was getting horrible messages on my, I had to block all these people on my, oh my Facebook God. page because there was constantly stuff and they were taking screenshots and, and all this. And my vet got mad because there was a picture of her in one of these posts. And she, I mean, it was awful. So it was like a total social media shitstorm, Right. So all this happens. I'm like, I need a break. I need a break from my phone. I need a break from my yeah. world. And so I went to Monty's. I just, I was, I called Debbie and I was like, what are you doing for lunch tomorrow? I'm getting on a plane. I need to get the fuck out of here. Like I need to just whatever. So she's like, come on out. So I get on out and I fly to the airport and it turns out Monty and Pat were, uh, in, in Goleta, which is where the airport is. So they picked me up and I get in the car and I sit down and Monty goes, what happened? And I was like, oh gosh. And I just kind of told them a little bit about it basically because I, I just signed uh, to be an, a certified instructor, integrity clauses and all these things. And I don't want yeah. any negative stuff to get back to them without me addressing it with them first, you know, yeah. because like if I'm getting smeared everywhere, not that they're going to believe it, but they might, you know, there, there's, there's the truth is always somewhere in the middle potentially. So I, I wanted to address it with them. So, and they were like, <laughs> so I'm, I'm in the car and I'm crying and I'm talking about these people that are so horrible i was asking i was gonna ask you if you were crying because i'd oh, be God. crying yeah i i cried several times and it hate it pains me to let these people think that they got to me but they did yeah. because they weren't just besmirching me they were ripping the horse they were ripping right. uh, the rescue and the rescue is a, a two elderly retired people that right. have given their entire they're in their 70s and they've given like their entire life to rehabilitating off the track thoroughbreds and senior dogs so it's like like you're oh kicking a, a puppy, you know, like with right. that kind of thing. So anyway, it was very difficult for me. And I'm talking to Monty. Like they're just sending me threatening messages and calling and, and all this stuff. And they were posting stuff online. And he's like, Pat, do you remember that time? He's like, this kind of reminds me of that time where I was, uh, he was doing a demo and somewhere out West. And he was like, you remember that time? And she was like, oh Yeah. So he was in his hotel room and somebody called the hotel and asked to be put through to his room. And apparently the hotel was like, well, that's weird. But they somehow it got through. They sent the call through. And it's this guy that's like, Monty answers phone. He's like, hello. And, he, and the, the caller goes, you going to die tonight. Oh, my God. And he was like, excuse me? You going to die tonight. I am going to be at your demo and I'm going to be in the top and I'm going to have a sniper rifle and I'm going to kill you. 
Oh my God. He dealt with so many horrible things because what he was doing was something that was very non-traditional and the traditional people thought it was going to ruin their lives and oh, everything that's like true. that. So that's true. I didn't turns think about out, that. turns out, and, and, and talk about putting, there's some, some people aren't on the internet are being mean to me. They found a guy in the parking lot with like three loaded guns and really? tickets to the demo. And they caught the guy. And and so I'm like, way to put it in perspective. Was he was he the Queen's ex trainer? <laughs> yeah, no, it was there was nobody associated with anything but just a guy that did took offense to what he was doing. And I I was like, God dang, you know, Monty Roberts can make me feel better about anything because whatever mm. I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, the people are mean on the internet. And he's like, Yeah, I was about to be murdered. Yeah, you know, like talk about uh, putting shit in perspective. I'm like, first, my mine is a first world problem. <laughs> Yours yeah. is like a real problem. <laughs> but we talked about that, and I don't think I told that story before. But oh, you know God. what's really interesting? I I can't wait to hear this too because uh, I can totally now that you say that it takes me back there when he first started. He was pretty controversial. Like nowadays. It's like accepted, but when he started out, there were people that like, that's not how you do it. You know, you got to buck them out. And there are still people that want to do that, but there's more people that don't. <laughs> um, you know, you know, you live in Florida. I, I, uh, I have a assistant here that trains in Wyoming, mm-hmm. uh, every summer he goes up there and that's still how they do it. That is exactly yeah. how they do it. And he, he's, he's spent a lot of farm boy. He spent a lot of time here with me. And he, last time I started a horse for him, he goes, you know what? This way's a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, and no just shit. think about their body, like bucking them out is so bad. I mean, it's good for veterinary business, but it's uh, like, right. Oh God. But those horses are vets. Anyway, the, the point is he can always make you feel better. And yes, yeah. he was very controversial. And that is why you should go back and listen to the part one and part two, because he gets into that a lot because he, there's a reason he has that farm yeah. and it's in his book. If you haven't read it, the man who listens to horses, all these, these stories, he did say they were fairly whitewashed even for the mm-hmm. book and they're pretty intense in the book. So, uh, I hope you go, go listen to that. And anybody listening to this right now goes back and listens to that but again talk about putting things in perspective like yeah people are mean on the internet to me oh really i was almost murdered (laughs) (laughs) like you win (laughs) you you win all right everybody have a great day um i don't know who's gonna be here tomorrow or wednesday i'm sure it'll be me uh and uh take take care wendy thank you so much love you mean it All right. Love you, too. We'll have to do a um, horse shopping show again in the future. Oh, my God. That was super fun for us, at least. I have been on a (laughs) few since then, too. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye, everybody.